Nine Arizona State Sun Devils are in the NFL now, at least new Sun Devils, with new starts and fresh adventures ahead of them. What exactly does their future hold for them, though? What can we expect? We'll talk about that on this late Friday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I'll be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check the podcast out on a visual platform. But wherever you do get your podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share, five-star, rate, all that good stuff. Turn on the notifications so that you never miss an episode Monday through Friday. Arizona State Sun Devils football and basketball content. A little bit of everything in between. Best place in the whole world. If you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. And follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Speaking of the Sun Devils, nine new players from this current, or I should say 2021 Arizona State Sun Devils roster have joined the NFL ranks. Four drafted, five undrafted free agents. All of them in different locations. Nine players, nine different teams. Nine different situations. Nine different outlooks. We're going to discuss that today. Let's start with the drafted guys. Before we even get there, the nine guys that are in the NFL now. You have the four who were drafted, Rashad White, DJ Davidson, Jack Jones and Chase Lucas, five who signed as on un, uh, unrestricted free agents: Darian Butler, Kellen Deesh, Donovan West, Curtis Hodges, and Tyler Johnson. All of them have wound up in different places. All of them have different opportunities. We're going to start with the drafted guys. We're going to start with the highest drafted guy, Rashad White, friend of the podcast, Rashad White, by the way. Check that episode out if you missed that for some reason. Rashad White drafted in the third round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers roster has a firm established RB1 on it in the form of Leonard Fournette. Now, Fournette has been very up and down in his career. When he's on, though, he's very, very good. And he's done a little bit of everything for them. He has a nose for the end zone. He's a good, hard runner, catches the football really well, shows up when it matters most. He is undoubtedly the team's running back one. After him, very foggy, very, very, very muddy. Not really sure what to do with it. Giovanni Bernard on paper is probably the second running back, but he is also 30 years old and turning 31 in November. His outlook... Not that great, and I'd be surprised if he even made the team because you'd rather go with the young guys. Keyshawn Vaughn, another guy I believe is in his third or fourth season now, hasn't done anything. Not a lot to make the roster. Ken John Barner, he's been a journeyman. He's like 32 or 33 years old, if you can believe that. I can't. I couldn't believe it when I looked it up. There's, there's not a lot of certainty with this running back room, 
outside of Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. White should step in and be the second running back on this team. I would even go as far to say that Rashad White is potentially the primary passing down guy. Now, if he can show some some skills as a good pass protector, which is a very important aspect of this offense and one of the reasons why Fournette has been ahead of the other guys. Now, Fournette's not an elite pass blocker, but he's miles ahead of the rest of the team. So if White can show off the ability to be a good pass protector for Tom Brady, he's going to get those reps on, on obvious passing downs. The good news is he is a top-end receiver. I would not be surprised if Rashad White found his way to 50 catches this year. That is provided that he does get close to a full-time role on passing downs. I do think that Rashad White is a guy who, as long as he's healthy, is going to see 100 touches, rushing and receiving. I think he's too good of a player to just not put on the football field. And right now, the Buccaneers are are looking to continue establishing their ground game. Remember, Ronald Jones is gone. Not that he was that big a deal for them in 2021, but the running back room, again, is very shaky right now. You have a good passing attack. Tom Brady's there. You still have Mike Evans. You still have Chris Godwin, even though he is coming off an ACL tear. Uh, the, the rest is good enough. Brady can make can make something out of nothing. But as far as the run game goes, I feel like Rashad White should be able to contribute earlier than many would anticipate. And I also believe that he's going to be a major, major factor in the passing game. To the point where, and I've talked about this previously, you should check this out as well if you missed this. Leonard Fournette has fantasy football value. I think he's one of those sleeper guys. If you find yourselves in deep leagues like 10 or 12, God forbid, 14-man leagues, and your PPR, even half-point PPR, but full point, Rashad White has actual value. I think Rashad White could seriously be like a sneaky good play this year, especially down the road when it comes playoff time, after he has established a good role with this offense. I feel like that that's kind of where we're looking at with Rashad White is like down the road, he should be able to explode and turn into something great. That would be my overall outlook for him is kind of like playing the long game here with him. I do think that he is, like, like I already said, he's too good to not put on the football field. If there's any Sun Devil from this class who's going to get significant playing time, only pick one of them, then I'm definitely going to go ahead and pick Rashad White. He's the most talented. He's in a great situation, a great offense, and a good, good player. Looking at the next guy I have here, DJ DJ Davidson. Now, Davidson ended up being a fourth-round pick by the New York Giants. Giants team is... Just looking at an overall, like, just, uh, like, like, influx of talent is what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring together something because you've got a brand new head coach and a new regime, pretty much, that's, that's trying to figure out what its outlook for the future is. And that, that involves a lot of 
What do we have on the roster right now? Can we get rid of anything? Do we have anything we want to keep? DJ Davidson, being a fourth-round pick as a basically a nose tackle, that'll go a long ways. Looking at their team, he's probably the only nose tackle there. The only other guy I see is Justin Ellis. Other than that, Dexter Lawrence is a massive defensive tackle. Leonard Williams is a defensive end. That's pretty much it. I mean, the rest of the team, there's not really any guys that are com- going to compete with Davidson. for. So, for again, looking for an immediate impact guy, Davidson could be one of those early first and second down kind of defensive linemen who's able to generate some kind of pressure from the interior, keep the linebackers' jerseys clean, and God knows they're going to need that because I can't remember the last time they had good linebackers. It's been a long, long time. But – Neither here nor there. The important thing is Davidson, I think, could get himself a nice role early on in the season because I believe in him to just just dominate his position and truly stand out from the lack of competition that's there. Again, like I could totally be wrong and off base here, and they could definitely have guys that step up. Like I'm not trying to sleep on David Moa or Antonio Valentino. Uh, Raymond Johnson, Javari Ellis, Christopher Hinton are the guys listed here. I'm not trying to sleep on them, but I definitely feel like DJ Davidson is in the best position to get playing time early. And I also believe that you don't spend a fourth round pick on a nose tackle with the intention of stashing him away. I feel like this is a guy that want to get involved uh, earlier than they do later in the season. I think he's just got a very important role that he's going to end up playing a lot earlier than people anticipate for the New York football giants. I I do like Davidson to start earlier than later. That's just my opinion. Let's go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to go ahead and continue the conversation, wrapping up with the other two Sun Devils who were drafted this past April. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tube of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories, but with 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built Bar. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I've never had anything like this before. They're available right now and we can't promise they're going to be there tomorrow so you need to make sure that you go get yours from Built.com right now. And if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret. Because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious-flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built's Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed it with 100% white chocolate, and sprinkles. With 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar, this limited-time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means not only will Built Bar be healthy for you, but you're going to enjoy eating it too. And they make it 
with collagen protein, which your, bo your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to Built.com to get the birthday cake puffs right now. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. Make sure to go and check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and the author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Let's go ahead, hop back into our conversation now. We're going to go ahead and look at the other two players that were drafted by the Sun Devils, both being the defensive backs, Jack Jones and Chase Lucas. Now, starting with Jack, who was also a fourth-round pick, to the New England Patriots, Jack Jones is a super, super talented player. I feel like he could end up being one of the biggest deals of the draft. And he could not have gone to a better situation to find himself some early playing time than going to New England. Now, they do have some established guys, right? Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jonathan Jones are the longtime players there. They definitely have the inside track to playing time more, more consistently and probably the starters for the team. Uh, Terrence Mitchell has been in the league a while. Sean Wade is going into his second year, but he's already in a maker make or break kind of situation. Justin Bethel's there, but he's definitely more of a special teams guy than he is anything else. They do have Miles Bryant, who was an undrafted player in 2020 and has found a way to stick onto the roster. They also signed Malcolm Butler. We'll see what kind of shape he's in because he did essentially retire last offseason due to some personal reasons. Other than that, I mean, they, there's bodies there. But there's nothing that I'm looking at that really makes me take a step back and say, wow, Jack Jones has no chance. No, Jack Jones has a very good chance to get some significant playing time earlier than people would anticipate. The other thing he's really got going for him is this guy is just a total ball hawk. Had a handful of interceptions during his time at Arizona State and was somebody who just found his way to the football. He was, he was a magnet for it. And whenever the ball was in his area, he was making some kind of play. Even if he wasn't picking it off, he was batting it away. He was getting it into another teammate's hands. Remember, he had that interception where he essentially picked it off and before he got tackled, pitched it to DeAndre Pierce, who ran it into the end zone for a touchdown. It was the uh, the pitch six is what they wanted to call it. But I feel like this is another good situation for a Sun Devil to get early playing time. There's just not a lot there to compete with at the cornerback spot. So if Malcolm Butler makes this roster, he is probably the most talented guy they have. So you would have Malcolm Butler, Jonathan Jones, and Jalen Mills are your top three guys. After that, it feels like a very open competition. Justin Bethel, uh, Miles Bryant, and... Sean Wade, feel like the next guy's up. I don't want to sleep on uh, Jawan Williams either, who's there. Terrence Mitchell is a savvy veteran, but at this point, that's exactly what he is. He's he's a veteran. To me, he doesn't present a lot of upside for you. 
Jack Jones has that upside. He's going to have to find a way to really stand out during camp and the preseason and then dominate special teams. But they spent a fourth-round pick. That's that's a halfway decent pick. And this is for a guy who had, quote-unquote, character concerns, right? So they clearly believe in him. They believe in that talent, and they think that this is a guy that they can really build something special with him. At least on the surface, that's the way I'm interpreting it. I think that Jack Jones could see some really good playing time throughout the year. Starting? No. I don't think he's a starter. Not in year one. There's just too much competition. But we'll see what happens after this year because Malcolm Butler may not be there. Uh Looking at the rest of the guys, I'm not sure what contracts look like. I'm pretty sure Jalen Mills is a free agent after this year. But again, I've been wrong many a times. But overall, the point being is I think that there is an inside track here for Jack Jones to get some earlier than anticipated playing time. Looking at the last Sun Devil here, who was drafted in the form of Chase Lucas. Now, Chase Lucas was not only a seventh-round pick, but he pretty much was taken at the very, very end of the draft within like the last like 20 picks or something like that. So it's not like there is a huge investment with Chase Lucas here, which is unfortunate because that's going to put him in a situation where we're, we're not totally sure if he's even going to make the roster. And looking at the secondary, there's pretty good competition here. Obviously you have, you have the former first round pick and I believe he was like the third overall pick in Jeff Akuda. People have talked about flirting with putting him at safety, but I think that's just a dumb decision when he's a good cover man. You also got guys like uh, Sabian Smith is there, but you know, not not the most noteworthy guy. Uh, Amani Oruare, I believe is how you say his name, is an established stud. You have uh, Mike Hughes, former first-round pick, is trying to recreate his image with, I think this is like his third team, but... There's there's competition here. There's there's definitely uh uh Ifitu uh Melifonwu is another corner I forgot to mention. And he's good. There's there's definitely going to be a lot more competition here than anywhere else, in my opinion. I think that Chase is in a situation where there's there's a lot of there's a lot of volatile kind of kind of players around him. Don't I, let me walk that back. That's that's not the right word I want to use. There's there's a lot of players who are going to give him a hard time, and not from a like mental standpoint. I mean, they're going to give him a hard time in terms of trying to make this team. Being a seventh round pick is not a big investment either. Sure, you're drafted, but I mean. Uh, it just, it's its still going to be very, very difficult for Chase Lucas to make this roster, in my opinion. The one thing he has going for him is this is not a good Lions roster. Another thing he has going for him, though, is head coach Dan Quinn, or not Dan Quinn, excuse me, uh, Dan Campbell, loves guys who bite kneecaps. Chase Lucas isn't necessarily that guy, but he is a leader. He was five-year starter at Arizona State clearly has something that the Lions found enough value in to actually spend a draft pick on him. I don't know. Like, 
I I don't feel overly confident here, but at the same time, I do. Like, I I I don't know how to explain it. Overall, though, what's what's the impact? Special teamer. That's how he's going to have to stand out as a rookie. It's just that's how you make a team. That's how you get your foot in the door. That's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to prove that he's got value to this team. The best way to prove that is to be a core special teams player. From there, work your way into the lineup. I have faith that Chase Lucas can do this because I saw Chase Lucas for five years. I believe Chase Lucas is a good football player. Unfortunately, he's just in a very, very tough position here. Being a seventh-round pick, the expectations are going to be low. And even more so, the the chances of lasting in the NFL are that much more difficult. I believe in Chase. I think that Chase could absolutely shock the world, and that's what I'm hoping for. But we'll have to wait and see whether or not that comes to fruition. Let's go ahead hop into our final break. When we return, we're going to go through our five undrafted free agent players and their overall outlook for the season as well on the Locked on Sunnables podcast. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next, next season's off, uh, <laughs> next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and learn about all the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to your, to your number one Arizona State Sun Devils podcast. Don't forget that if you are looking for all your Pac-12 news, to go ahead and check out Locked On Pac-12, hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin, as they cover everything you need to know about the Pac-12 in 30 minutes or less. Looking at the remainder of the Sun Devils who entered the 2022 class, five guys went undrafted. We're going to rapid fire through them real quick. Darian Butler, in my opinion, the most talented Sun Devil who went undrafted. I think, and he's a Raider, by the way, he, he's got some very stiff competition looking at this roster. Jayon Brown is coming in. Uh, Divine Diablo is been a guy there for a while. Kyler Fackrell is there. Micah, Micah Ky- uh, Kaiser is there. He's been in the league for a minute. Denzel Perriman is coming off a of Pro Bowl year. And Kenny Young is an established stud. Looking at that, that's a lot of really, really good competition. That is a deep linebacker room. Odds are heavily stacked against Darian Butler here. He's going to have to be absolutely lights out when he is on the field, and he's going to have to really show off some kind of special teams upside when he is on the field in order to make sure that he does enough for the for the Raiders brass to look at him and say, yeah, no, we want to keep this guy around. Now, I do think he's a practice squad player in a worst-case scenario. I think this is a guy that you're definitely going to want to hold on to. I don't think this is someone you just let go from your organization. Next guy here, Curtis Hodges, a tight end, ends up with the Washington Commanders. I think he's got a shot to make the roster. 
Now, the best tight end here is Logan Thomas, but he is also coming off an injury-riddled season. After him, there's like just nothing established. Cole Turner, Amani Rogers, uh, Samus Reyes, and John Bates. Curtis Hodges is a talented, athletic Marvel who's a big ball of clay, and he can form him into something great. I think he could be a big-time sleeper for this team. I think this is a really good opportunity for him. Of all the undrafted players, I think that Hodges has fallen into the best situation. I would not be surprised if he found a way to make this roster. Next, I want to look at the offensive lineman, starting with Kellen Deesh, left tackle. He ends up with the Miami Dolphins, who have undergone a massive overhaul in their offensive line. Just this offseason, they signed Taron Armstead to be their left tackle and Connor Williams to be their right guard, or one of their guards, I should say. Michael Dieter is the established center. Austin Jackson is kicking in to right guard. And then at right tackle, it's kind of an open competition. You have Liam Eichenberg, who's probably the favorite to end up winning that job. Uh, Greg Little is there, but then you have the opportunity present for Kellen Deesh. And I do think that Deesh is a very talented guy. I think the biggest question was him was, is there enough functional strength for him to turn into some kind of dominant offensive, offensive lineman? If he can find a way to really prove prove that he is not just an athletic marvel at the position, he's got a chance to stick here. This is also a good situation for him, was ending up with the Miami Dolphins. So love the situation for him. I feel like he could be somebody who finds a way onto this roster. Donovan West, the center, ends up with the San Francisco 49ers. This is another similar situation. They don't really have an established center. Now, they did draft uh, Spencer Burford, but he is definitely more of a guard. Looking at the centers he's complete, competing with, you have uh, Jake Brendel, Alex Mack, who's been in the league a long time. That's about it. Alex Mack is definitely like very solidified, former pro bowler. He's not going anywhere. But West could potentially be center number two and someone that they sit behind Mack to develop him because Alec Mack has been in the league forever. I mean, he, he'll be 37 in November. This isn't, this isn't a young guy. So here's hoping that maybe you can find a way to allow, allow Donovan West to develop. I think that's his best opportunity. And then Tyler Johnson, the final guy here, uh, Tyler Johnson is definitely not in an ideal situation being with the Baltimore Ravens or excuse me, total opposite. He is in a good situation with the Baltimore Ravens. I think that he could definitely prove to give the team some rather good depth at a position where they have been pretty weak, all things considered. Now they do have some fun guys like Adafi Owe, Tyus Bowser, and they just drafted him, David Ajabo. Beyond them, there's not a lot of them. Plus, Ajabo and Tyus are coming off of Achilles tears. You have Jalen Ferguson. He's not necessarily, he's not necessarily a guy that you feel confident to even make the roster right now. 
other than that, it, it's just it's it's a lot of open competition. But for Tyler Johnson to stick, he's got to start with special teams. I mean, for goodness sake, John Harbaugh is a special teams specialist, for lack of a better term. If Tyler Johnson can stand out to him there, he has a chance to make the roster. He makes the roster with the way that this outside linebacker position is looking right now for the Ravens. There is a chance for Tyler Johnson to stick. And that's what I'll be hoping for. Especially as a Ravens fan, obviously, I want to see Tyler Johnson around for a while. We'll see. This truly isn't that bad of a situation for him. So I'm hoping that it ends up working out. We'll find out. In the meantime, though, that is going to wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Levels podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. But wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you like and subscribe. Turn on those notifications so you never miss a podcast. Free and available Monday through Friday, covering Arizona State Sun Devils, football, basketball, and otherwise. But until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.